Welcome to Agent of Wealth Podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps small business owners and retirees overcome the multiple wealth planning challenges involved in your financial life. We do this by creating comprehensive wealth management plans to guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and help create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth planning issues involved in your financial life. Hello and welcome to the Agent of Wealth with Mark Boutis of Boutis Financial. Today we're going to be talking about the current state of the economy, which is always an interesting topic, kind of scary sometimes, kind of good sometimes, but we'll find out what Mark has to say. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Good morning, Mark. Great. How are you? Doing well. I'm looking forward to the holiday season coming up and uh, got big plans. How about you? Yeah, same here. Definitely looking, looking forward to it. All right. So the current state of the economy, like I said, it could be good news, could be bad news. What's your take? <laughs> There's always good and bad. With <laughs> it. But uh, yeah, the reason I wanted to do this, we're in towards the end of November now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've had, I guess, the past, if you look at it, maybe five, six years where things were smooth sailing. And just this past month in October, we started seeing some, the markets kind of going haywire. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, whenever that happens, you always want to look and say, okay, is the sky falling? Is this the end? Should I sell everything and go into cash? And what I want to do on, on today's show is is really take a look at what's going on, why is it causing it, and what should we do to uh, to to adjust for it? No, I appreciate that because here's the thing is we can see snippets and little bits and pieces on social media, on, you know, the a little news blip comes up on our phone and, oh, the Dow is down this or S&P did that or blah, blah, blah. And it, a lot of it plays into fear because they want you to read what they have to say or whatever. And it just, it bothers me to no end that it, it they try to instill that fear just to sell quote unquote papers, right? Fear sells, and I, I wouldn't even call it snippets. I, we get hit with a fire hose from, oh, from the media. You're and right. You can read everything from the the world economy is ending to we're going to see another 10 years of a bull market. And mm-hmm. it's really tough to kind of process all that information and figure out, well, how does that impact me and what should I do about it? Yeah. Where do we start then? <laughs> so I guess we'll, we'll take a look at where or where the markets have been, where the economy's been, and where it may be going from here. But, you know, there's there's no way around it. Markets are cyclical. So they, they mm-hmm. have their ups and downs, their bear markets, their bull markets, and then their, the transitions in between. And if you look at where we've been, it's been about nine years we've been in a bull market and that's actually if you there's a study that just recently came out and the average bull market since 1926 has lasted about 9.1 years hmm. which is interesting and over that period of time that average 9.1 years it's we've seen an average gain of 480 percent wow so that's an enormous return however if you look at the average bear market it's been 1.4 years over that that time frame with an average loss of negative 41%. So even though we've seen pretty smooth sailing up in the in the markets and the economy, they do have their ups and downs. Mm-hmm. So it is normal. It's not that it's, you know, the corrections, the bear markets, they do happen. And we shouldn't be surprised when we do see them come. We just have to, to look and, and adjust and just make sure that we're still invested how we, we should be. The, the problem is, you know, even if you look at we're at, we're at a nine, not, we're at nine years in this bull market and we say, okay, we're right at the end of the average. Does that mean the, the bear market is coming? The problem is, is that 
no one knows when the bull, the bull market will, will end and when mm-hmm. the bear market will come. And it doesn't, you know, you don't, the end of a bull market doesn't come just because it hits that nine year time frame. There have been over the past couple bull markets, they've lasted over 12 years and there've been some that have lasted 15 years. Wow. Yeah. So they, they, there is no time. It's usually the end of a bull market is caused by a recession and we haven't, we haven't, uh, you know, gotten to that point yet. Maybe it'll come or I mean, it will come, uh, but we don't know. We don't know when we're still seeing growth in corporate earnings. Unemployment is low. Interest rates are going up. The dollar is strong. All these are usually things that signify a strong economy. But will we see a bear market at some point in the future? We, we will. Uh, however, to try and time it and say, OK, let's let's we know one's going to come sometime. It may be next year, two years, five years. And say, okay, let's wait on the side. Let's take all our money, put it into cash, and wait for that bear market to come. And when it comes, you know, we'll wait till we hit the bottom, and then we'll invest everything back in it. The likelihood of timing that properly is is virtually zero. It's because you have to be right twice. You have to be right when you take the money out, and you have to be right and say, okay, we've hit a bottom, and it's time to to invest and go back in. It sounds a lot like a roulette wheel. <laughs> that's you know? yeah. So if you want to equate investing to gambling, then that's that's one strategy that is a pretty pretty good comparison of it. Is trying to time the market. Well, yeah, trying to guess like that. I mean, it's just like trying to guess what number is going to come up. I mean, it doesn't doesn't really make sense to do that. That would be all luck, and that's just not the way to handle your investments. It, it, exactly, and the, the odds aren't in your in your favor either. If, you mm-hmm. know, if we looked at how the returns that we've seen on the upside. And that 480% for bull markets, 41% down on bear markets, you want to bet, you know, over a period of time that that bull market lasts longer than than the bear market. Mm -hmm. So I've seen people anticipating this bear market for five years. So five years ago, I would hear people say, you know, bear market's coming, take money, put it on the sideline. If you did that, you would have missed out on pretty, pretty significant gains Mm -hmm. in your, in your investment account. So I'm... I'm a proponent of not trying to to time the, the market. The, they would have lost money, right? Because honestly, if they put it in cash five years ago, you have inflation. That money loses value every year. Exactly, and you don't realize that. You, you know, it's it's nice, it's comforting to have money under the you know stuff it under the mattress. But <laughs> like you said, the reality is it does lose purchasing power yeah, over time. Absolutely. So the the approach I like to take is is focus on your risk. You know, look at your portfolio, how much risk is currently in it, how much risk are you comfortable taking, and then how much risk should you be taking to, re- to reach your goals? And by answering those three questions, you can, you know, we can put a strategy together or, or even if you wanted to do it yourself, you could put a strategy together and, you know, you can have comfort in knowing that, okay, you still have a long-term strategy. And even if there are, uh, you know, some downturns in the market, you're still invested properly for what you're trying to do and to so that you can be able to hit your hit your goals. Mm-hmm. I have an offer for anyone who wants to actually see how much risk they're comfortable with or how much risk they're currently taking. You can go to my website, bowdisfinancial.com backslash risk, and there is a questionnaire that you can take, which will will answer at least two of those three three questions for you. Great. What was the website again? It's bowdisfinancial.com backslash risk. Backslash risk. All right. Great. Yeah. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was what's causing this this volatility. If we look, we've had... Pretty smooth sailing up until October. Mm-hmm. So October comes, we see a big decline. Uh, we think, okay, that, that's the bear market coming. However, end of October, November, first couple of weeks of November, and we see the markets recovered for the most part and, and have almost come back to where they were. Then over the, the next couple of weeks, so towards the end of November, 
we see another hit, another down downturn. And, you know, it's this zigzagging, bouncing up and down, and it's kind of gotten everyone confused of what, where, where are we going and, and what's causing all this. So I think if we, if we look at it, we see a couple of the old players that have caused some of the, the fluctuations over the past year, and then there are a couple new ones that, that are coming up. So the first one is interest rates. And, you know, if we take a step back and look at, you know, when we had the last uh, recession back in 2008 and 2009, the Fed lowered interest rates. So when interest rates get get lowered to almost zero, to, so that the cost of borrowing money is almost zero, mm-hmm. it, that just floods the economy with money. It spurs growth. It spurs investments. It spurs lending. And, you know, we, we, we saw some growth. Now we're we're seeing we're getting to the point where the Fed wants to get back to that normal rate of interest rates, mm-hmm. or uh, they call it normalization or the normal rate. And we've been in this money experiment for for the past eight nine years, and no one knows what's going to happen when interest rates go up. When the Fed raises rates, it actually impacts every almost every type mm-hmm. of rate. So the the rate that you borrow for credit card debt or student loan debt, um, if you have an adjustable mortgage, the rate that businesses are able to borrow money on. It all goes up. So no one knows what's going to happen. Is it going to blow up the economy if everyone from individuals to corporations to even the government having to pay more on the money that it's that it's borrowed? So mm-hmm. there's some uncertainty with interest rates. And even though the, the, the Fed is raising rates because they think the economy is healthy, it still puts us into that uncertainty and the markets never like, never like uncertainty. Mm-hmm. However, there is a silver lining with rising interest rates. If you depend on, you know, fixed or uh, if you have fixed income, bonds, CDs, if you have money in savings, uh, especially if you're a retiree and you're dependent upon that as income, usually that that will go up as well. So, yeah, if you're if you're borrowing money, it's going to cost more. But if you're if you're dependent upon that income to to pay for your expenses, you should see an increase in in money that you receive from your savings and investments. Hmm. All right. So the next thing I think that's that's causing some uncertainty are the tariffs. So this is something that started earlier this year. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing a lot about it. We went, the political administration here in the U.S. wanted to in, impose tariffs different countries, different regions, different reasons. And I think why it's it's flaring up now is that a lot of people thought that, okay, we're, the, the tariffs will be imposed, we'll work out trade deals, everything will be done by now. But I think some of, some of the countries or some of the, the places where tariffs have been imposed, they're digging in their heels and we're at now a stalemate, where now, uh, I think CNBC did a study where they came back with 75% of CFOs in, in the United States think that the tariffs are going to start having an impact on their, their growth, on their revenue, and on, on their earnings. Mm. And when that happens, uh, the tariffs do have an impact on on the, the growth in this country, and people will see that. And, uh, you know, again, it's the uncertainty that that's going to cause those fluctuations in, in the market. Yeah. So the, the next two things that I think are causing the volatility in the markets are actually new. So the first one is the, the tech sector. Uh, there was a recent uh, Wall Street Journal report alleging that Apple will have a, a sales slowdown, especially towards the end of the year, towards their holiday season, which is usually their biggest uh, sales period of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, you may think, OK, Apple's one company. What does that have to do with why would that cause volatility in the market? 
Well, Apple's the biggest component of the S&P 500. It's an enormous driver of the economy. And, uh, you know, a slowdown in Apple usually, or what people think is that's just a trickle down to everything else that's going on. And Mm -hmm. and now the fear is, okay, we've seen growth. We've heard great news about, uh, you know, everything going on. Are are we at a tipping point where we will start seeing uh, a slowdown? And, you know, that cause for that, is there a recession coming? And, you know, even though it's one company, it's it's the biggest one out there. So when a report comes out that says Apple may be slowing down, people take notice and the markets take notice as well. Got it. The other one that's that's garnered a lot of headlines recently is Facebook. Oh, yeah. And and not from an earnings or revenue perspective, but they've had just a series of PR and, and management nightmares where people are, you know, wondering what's going to happen to Facebook or is there going to be a mass exodus mm-hmm. of it? And, you know, even the same thing, Facebook's one company, it is a big component of, of our economy in, in terms of the revenue that they generate. And it's just a trickle down. So when you see Apple have problems, Facebook gets thrown in there. Now what's been the, at least the, the biggest um, success sector this year, the tech sector, it's uh, it, people start, you know, com- coming back to that uncertainty and people start to, to worry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've, we've seen big drops over the past couple of weeks in the tech sector. And, you know, the question is, well, is it, is it a, a good time to buy being that there's been big drops? And the, the answer, which I'll say is it, it depends, you know, even, even with the big, you know, take a company like Amazon, which is the other one that people focus on a lot, mm-hmm. even with a big drop recently, Amazon is still up 25% in, the, in 2018. So wow. you have to look at not just the, the past couple of weeks and say, okay, they've had a big drop, but you look at it, are they still, is there still value? In, in a stock like Amazon or a stock like Apple or Facebook mm-hmm. that have experienced the big drops or are, you know, they still may have more, more room to fall. So, you know, it, 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 it really depends on, I guess, how you're looking to, to one strategy that a lot of people have done has been very successful in this bull market has been called buying the dips. And I always point to that's the Warren Buffett strategy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't sell when things go down. He actually buys when when things go down. So that's a that's a strategy that some people have have utilized successfully, and it it's definitely one to to look at to see if it does fit your your investing strategy. Got it. And the final thing I wanted to talk about as far as what's causing volatility is oil, and the price of oil, which impacts the price of gas, and especially when we come towards the holiday season where people are traveling. It's a cause for a concern, but everyone thinks, okay, if the price of oil is coming down, isn't this a good thing? And the answer is yes, it's a great thing for the consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the price of a barrel of oil was last month seventy-six dollars a barrel, and now it's down to fifty-five dollars a barrel. And the thought is, it still may go lower. So if you're a consumer and you're traveling, it's actually great because. It's just going to cost you less to, to go places. Yeah, and with all now, the with the, all the other things like the tech stuff that you're talking about, <clears throat> people really haven't been focusing on oil or gas because the prices really haven't. I mean, it's hasn't spiked like the four dollars and fifty cents or five or six dollars we saw years ago. Uh, so it's kind of been off the radar. Yeah, there really hasn't unless you really follow that energy sector. It's it's definitely been off the radar with everything else going on. Mm-hmm. The the problem with it is, and like I said, there's there's positives. It's more money in in a you know in our pockets. However, uh, the, the energy industry is a big industry in the U.S. Yeah. And when prices go down and oil prices go down, 
uh, companies or corporations stop doing drilling projects or pipeline projects, and therefore it you know it, it could cause part or partly lead to uh, a recession. So there's a lot of people employed in that industry, and if projects stop, people get unemployed, and uh, you know it's it's not it, that part of it is mm-hmm. is not healthy for for that part of the industry. Yep. So you know those are the four four of the main things that are that are causing it, and you know everyone will say, wow, well, with that with those uh, negative things going on, shouldn't we shouldn't we sell everything and go into cash? Uh, however, it's really hard to base a, an investment strategy off of political news or political policy or strategy, mm-hmm. because what what we can see is we can we can hear news tomorrow about a trade deal with China. And all of a sudden, the markets will will shoot up. Mm-hmm. We can we can get news that the Fed's not going to raise interest rates again in December, and the market will shoot up. So trying to time that, trying to predict that, uh, especially with, in, in, you know, the way this political environment that we're in, it's it's an impossible task as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, it's it's a guessing game again. Yeah. It, it, exactly. The the other uh, news that has has been come out over the or not news but activity has been the political elections. So we've had the midterm elections earlier in November, and a lot of questions I'll get are, have been around. Well, what does that mean? We 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 went from uh, Republicans controlling the uh, the House, the Senate, and and obviously the presidency, to now Democrat controlled ha- House. And is that going to have any impact on on the markets, on the economy? And the answer is pro- probably it, it will see some changes to policy. I don't know. We don't know what impact it will have to the economy. But some of the projects like building the border wall or or repealing the Affordable Care Act are probably going to be on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we may see some bipartisan efforts. Um, you know, infrastructure has been That'd be infrastructure. Nice. <laughs> Go ahead. That'd be nice for a change. <laughs> yeah. It's um, uh, sort of unlikely to happen, but, um, <laughs> I but can yes, dream, de- Mark, I can dream. <laughs> yeah. But it definitely would be welcome news. Yeah. Infrastructure is one area where there's been a lot of talk and, you know, some of the other spending bills that have put into place, really infrastructure hasn't been a focus, but that may be one area where we can get some bipartisan support. Mm-hmm. So people ask me, okay, what is that? Should I invest in infrastructure? And one investment strategy that that's popular, or it's, at least it's been popular over the past years, has been a sector rotation strategy. And the way that works is if someone thinks that one sector will see um, more rapid growth than another sector, you can overweight or invest some more of your um, allocation into that sector. So an example of this was back in 2010 or 2009 when the the Affordable Care Act first came into play. Uh, you know, there was the thought that, okay, a lot of money is going to be pumped into the healthcare industry. We don't know who the winner is going to be. Is it going to be the pharmaceuticals, the medical mm-hmm. devices, the insurers, the hospitals? So uh, one investment strategy was to to buy an ETF that covered the entire just the healthcare sector. And that way you don't are, you don't have to make a, an investment in a specific company. You can you can cover the entire industry. And if money goes into the healthcare sector, your ETF should make out well over over time. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's an option that someone can do. You know, we're using infrastructure as, as an example. There, you know, with the 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 popularity of ETFs, you can really come up with any investment strategy you want. And if you wanted to focus just on companies that uh, will will profit if there is an infrastructure bill passed, you can specifically target those uh, those companies through an ETF. So that's that's uh, one option that 
that uh, someone can take if they wanted to rotate into a specific sector or rotate out of a specific sector. If they weren't, you know, if, if someone got sour on technology and, you know, they thought, okay, technology's had a great boom over the past 10 years. Now it's time has come. Go, you know, rolling money out of technology and into a different sector is, is an option that someone can do. Mm-hmm. All right. And I guess the last theme on the political election is the other question I get frequently. Should or what's what's the investment landscape look like for marijuana or for cannabis? Mm-hmm. And uh, there there are different options. You know, I mentioned just previously about the ETF. You can invest in that industry through an ETF. Um, what I will and will, will say is is it's probably one of the most speculative industries out there. It's hard to put a value on some of the stocks. They're extremely volatile. You'll see gains and drops of 30% daily. So, and really to answer that question is whether someone should invest in it or not, it depends on one, if they're comfortable with the, the being speculative and seeing those drops. So if you're, if you're not comfortable seeing the overall market um, drops that we've seen over the past month and a half, uh, investing in something that goes up and down probably three times as, as, um, as much as the regular market does, you, you may not be able to stomach that. And then it also matters what your situation is. If, you know, you're, you're dependent upon your investment portfolio and not, you know, having it, it, uh, you know, be as volatile, then it might not make sense. Or if you do have money to spare and you are comfortable with it, it may be, you know, maybe an, an investment that's, that's worth looking into, but there are different ways to invest in it, whether you go the individual stock route or, or an ETF route to do it. So what you're saying, what I hear you saying is that if they invest in in the cannabis industry, they could have really high returns or their investment could go up in smoke. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that is, that's most <laughs> Sorry, likely what will do happen. It. Either it, do it. it will be a great success or uh, your your investment will, will be, be zero. And, you know, there's the type, this type of um, euphoria around, you know, something in this case like cannabis. We, we saw it with Bitcoin. We saw it with 3D printing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different areas where we see it over time. And sometimes, yeah, they are. It, it is the next big thing. And then there are other times where it just goes by the by the wayside. Yeah. So, yeah, if if, you know, you're comfortable with those two options, having a tremendous gain or losing your money, then maybe it is, you know, it's something to, to consider. Again, it's a roulette wheel. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, we're, we're talking about specific types of investments in the yeah. roulette wheel. And, you know, it's for most people, they're, they're not interested in, in a roulette wheel. Their investments are for a purpose. They're to achieve a goal. Absolutely. Um, so what I tell people or the, the advice I, I usually give is, you know, it's best to have a strategy and, and stay with it. There are reasons to change your investment strategy, but doing it based off of tweets and political swings and information coming from the media is probably not the best reason to make any changes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, the other thing I caveat I wanted to put in there is I'm a financial advisor, but I may not be your financial advisor. So definitely, you know, the, the information here was, was general um, to see how it impacts you. It definitely makes sense to, to talk to a professional about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, each, each person's goals are unique their dreams are unique their their plan is going to be unique and that requires somebody who can 
put all the pieces of the puzzle together to know what they what they need and definitely consult a professional. And, and of course, I'm going to suggest Mark because I know him and, and I know the work that he does with, with integrity. And uh, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a good match. So give him a call, reach out. Uh, Mark, what else do you have in closing today for us? Yeah, and I think the only, the last thing I wanted to, to say is I, I, you know, we all, we all know when you look at your account value and you see from one statement to another, it go down in value, it is definitely emotionally taxing. And, it, you know, it's very common to say, I don't want to deal with this. Let's mm-hmm. just go out to the, to the sidelines. So, you know, I, we can definitely understand that. Um, but you have to remember it's, it's, you, you, there is a strategy and most of the time keeping with that strategy is the best, is the best, uh, option. And, you know, I'm, I'm always here to, to talk and, you know, I, I do like having the conversation about, um, you know, the strategy aspect of it and should we make a change and do that. But, you know, it, it's, it's always a good thing to, to talk and, and I definitely welcome that, that conversation or that interaction. Fantastic. And I, I know they can reach you at boutusfinancial.com. Can you put a phone number out there for them that they can give you a call? Sure. Yeah, it's 862-205-5800. 862-205-5800. Perfect. Perfect. All right, Mark, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, as we go into this holiday season, God bless you. Have a great holiday uh, that's coming up. And uh, I hope everything goes well. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, all right. And thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boutis. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Mark comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. It also makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. For everyone at Boutis Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment and financial planning.